0: Acts chapter 2 today, verse 1, I'll start reading in the Passion Bible. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering It was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now at that time, there were Jewish worshippers who had immigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. And when the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening. Because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her language Bewildered, they said to one another, aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? We are Northeastern Iranians, Northwestern Iranians, Elamites and those from Mesopotamia, Judea, East Central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia, North Central Turkey, Southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans who are neighbors of Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, Both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our dialects. They all stood there dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, What is this phenomenon? Holy Spirit came to earth in what Is described as a phenomenon phenomenon is a fact or situation that is observed to have happened it's it's been observed it's been witnessed to phenomenon a remarkable event that becomes the object of someone's perceptions in that the senses and the mind perceives it or notices it. Phenomenon. Something not fully explainable or understood that appears in your view. It's not explainable, but it's real. It's not explainable, but it happened and you saw it. A phenomenon began in Acts chapter 2 when an equal member of the Godhead entered the earth realm. He came to be with the born-again heirs and fill them with his omnipresence. He came to be our comforter, and that is the Greek word paraclete, the one who comes alongside us to aid us, to support us, to guide, to strengthen, and to even give us supernatural giftings. And the great news of the New Testament teaching is while the phenomenon began there in that upper room, it doesn't end there. It it grows from there until in this new era, in this fullness of time, in this kingdom revival, an even bigger phenomenon is now planned. A remarkable event is coming into this planet and we're in it now. Something that the senses and the minds of man cannot explain away because it's clearly in view. It it will be observable. It will be witnessed. It will be testified to. The Godhead has another phenomenal outpouring of power coming upon the heirs of God and the joint heirs with Christ. And I know of no better word to define what God is doing in our day than Phenomenal. As we saw last week and a couple of uh, weeks before that from Habakkuk, something is happening that's hard to believe. It's phenomenal. Yes, the world is a mess. I know that. But it was in Acts chapter 2 as well. Roman tyranny was rampant when the power fell in Acts chapter 2. It was strong. It was harsh, it was unfair, it was unjust but but Holy Spirit the phenom of heaven came to 120 men and women, young and old and some teenagers and he turned the world upside down he did it then and he has promised he is going to do it again we are going to move into phenomenal outpourings from heaven and it does not matter what the Caesars of our time try to do to stop it it doesn't matter what their governments try to do to stop it something phenomenal is coming into this world hell can't stop it because it can't stop what God promises when the heirs say what he says and there's a righteous remnant that is now decreeing what God says. There's never been as many declaring what God says as there is in our times right now. There's never been as many saying it, declaring it, praying it. There wasn't that many, not nearly that many in the book of Acts. It wasn't that There wasn't this many in the Reformation. There wasn't that many in the charismatic movement. And it's preparing the way for the most phenomenal move of God ever on this planet. You are going to hear. The media is going to have to report we, we, we can't explain it, but this has happened. We can't explain it, but cripples are, are healed. We can't explain it, but the blind that drove by that, that house of God can see. We can't explain it, but cancer disappears. When... When it comes into the presence of the living God as they sing his presence, we we, praise us. We can't explain this, but it's happened and it's phenomenal. Get it in your head our God does phenomenal things, and he's about to show this world I still do phenomenal things. Last Monday, I awakened from a dream, or perhaps it was a vision that I, that I had just as I woke up. Sometimes I can't tell the difference, but I knew it was Holy Spirit talking to me. I had gone to bed the night before meditating on Jesus being the King of kings and the Lord of lords, And I was picturing him in in my thinking seated at the right hand of, of the Father on his beautiful sapphire blue throne with the crystal, transparent crystal sea or floor all around him. And I was picturing him seated in glory, reigning over the universe in regal splendor, I like to revolve something like that or maybe a scripture or sometimes a song in my mind as I go to sleep. But the next morning when I awakened, that was not the picture that I was seeing. Somehow it changed overnight. The vision I saw when I woke up was of Jesus standing up and he was not seated in power, he was standing he was standing, literally glowing in magnificent strength. I know I can't describe this properly, but it was as though his might or his power was seeable. Seeable. It was tangible. It was palpable. Everything about him proclaimed strength or power or might his eyes did his his hands did his shoulders did his his arms did his legs did not like a weightlifter with rippling muscles that that show strength it wasn't like that it wasn't necessary his entire being was just radiant that way the, the aura of his might surrounding him was emanating from his very being. It was, all, it was like it was effortless. He wasn't trying, it's just that's who he was. And it just emanated from him. And I couldn't help but think of, of how the Apostle John described him in Revelations chapter 1, verse 13 through 15 voice translation reads this way he wore a robe that reached his feet and across his chest was draped a golden sash his head and hair were pure white white as wool and white as snow his eyes blazed like a fiery flame His feet gleamed like brightly polished bronze, purified to perfection in a furnace. His voice filled the air and sounded like a roaring waterfall. New Living Translation says his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. Well, this vision or dream of Jesus standing in glowing magnificent strength begin to speak very deeply to me concerning this era, the day we are now in. There was a strong witness inside of me. My, my spirit leaped inside of me because I knew a word Holy Spirit had, had given to me a decade or more ago was being remembered by the Father. And in the remembering, he was releasing power to release it. Remember last week's teaching? Uh, And if you haven't heard that, go listen to it. In the remembering, there is power to activate, to do what's being remembered. When he remembers, he activates power to do it. It's part of the phenomenon that is now taking place in our time. About 15 years ago, Holy Spirit began to download Revelation to me concerning angel armies and how they assist the ecclesia, how they assist the heirs. Hebrews 1:14, their ministering spirits sent to minister to the heirs of salvation. He did this out by a lake where I had gone to pray many nights. And I'm not going to describe all that because I did a couple, well, a few weeks ago and it is in the book, Angel Armies. But Holy Spirit spoke several things to me in those night times meeting, nighttime meetings with him out by the lake. And I'll just list them briefly because they are now activating. But he said to me one night... And I believe that he said this out loud to me. That's how I heard it. He said, I'm coming to lead another campaign for King Jesus, similar to Acts chapter 2. Only this time I will be bringing far more of the angel armies. Since then, I have seen more than 10 divisions of angel armies. Then also one night he talked to me about a kingdom revival In fact, he talked many nights to me about a kingdom revival that would go worldwide. It it wouldn't be different than the local or regional revivals that we've often seen. This one would be a revival fire worldwide in hundreds of places and in many nations. Three, he also talked to me about the ecclesia. Up until that time, I, I had referred to, to it as New Testament churches because I was trying to make a distinction between what we see in the New Testament church in the book of Acts and much of what is called church today. And it's not New Testament, so I was saying it's New Testament church, and, and sometimes I would call it a full gospel church. But he began to emphasize the word Jesus used for church which was the Greek word ekklesia he he uses that word 113 times in the new testament so it wasn't an accident and it means a ruling and reigning church that represents the spiritual government of Christ's kingdom on the earth influencing the natural governments societies and cultures for him, He began to emphasize ecclesia, ecclesia, ecclesia. And I have ever since emphasized that. And of course, along with that, obviously, the ecclesia binds things, it forbids things, it permits things, uh, and it preaches the gospel of the kingdom into all the world. Well, in a vision, again, this is years ago now, But in a vision, he showed me a wagon wheel. And from the hub of the center of the wheel, spokes reached out to reinforce its movement into the region. And I began to see, I remember the night sitting by the lake when I saw this, I began to see the ecclesias that would be raised up, as hubs, hubs from which Christ's influence would reach into regions, into territories, even into nations. And I begin to see spokes from the hubs would impact those regions with God's word and reap supernatural harvests in that region. Also, for Number four, he also branded a phrase in my conscious awareness that I've declared hundreds of times now. If you've been here more than a year and don't know it, you flunked. (laughs) I have declared it everywhere I've gone. I don't think there's been a time I haven't. Holy Spirit said again out loud to me the greatest days in church history are not in your past. They are in your present and in your future. I've declared that everywhere. He also said it to me individually. I usually don't include that. The greatest days in your, in your me. He said it to me. Greatest days. The greatest days are not in your past. They are in your present and in your future. And then number five. Holy Spirit began to talk to me one night about an era that he was preparing. An era that he was preparing for the king when King Jesus would make a stand on the earth with his ecclesias in unprecedented measures. He also added, he also said, this will affect nations. Well, I prophesied it. And I preached it in conference after conference after conference... titling it, The Era of the Standing King. Declaring Christ's most powerful stand in the nations... is coming. It's coming. And then last, last Monday... When I woke up to the vision of the king standing in power, I heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit saying, it's in its moment. It's in its moment. It's in its moment. It's being remembered by the Godhead. And power to activate it is now releasing. It's in its moment. So allow me to briefly defying the standing king anointing. It's very... It's important to understand the context of the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 that I read as I began. This was coronation day. It was coronation day for King Jesus. This was the day Jesus sat on the throne of his father, David, as verse 30 of Acts chapter 2 begins to describe it. This was the day that it actually happened. Jesus, of course, was in the royal lineage of King David, but of course he did not sit on the natural throne of David on the earth. It was a throne at the right hand of Almighty God, as verse 34 of Acts 2 describes it. On this first New Testament Pentecost, Jesus sat down on his throne at the right hand of God. And at that precise moment, Holy Spirit is dispatched to the earth As Father God rises and he takes a ram's horn that is filled with holy anointing oil, they often contained over a half a gallon of oil, could be more. And he poured this oil over the head of Jesus, officially installing him as King of kings and Lord of lords, supreme commander of heaven, And earth, supreme commander of the universe. In all things, he has the preeminence or the ultimate power or ultimate authority. That oil began to drip down off of his head as described in Psalms 133. The high priest's anointing, it says, flowed down off of his head. It dripped off of his beard and it flowed all over his body even soaking the outer edges of of his garments and his sandals. The oil Father poured out on the head of Jesus seated in heaven ran down off of his head and flowed down with Holy Spirit Upon his body, the church that was seated in an upper room in Jerusalem. Ephesians 1.23 says, the church is his body. It came down on his body. So for the first time in all of time, the same anointing that is upon the head of the church is now upon his Body called the ecclesia, The same anointing. It's not a different anointing. It's the same anointing. You have heaven and earth merging together. Anointing there, anointing here. Same anointing. Why? John 14, 12. So the body can do the same works as Jesus on the earth in his name. Why? So the king's anointing to reign can now be on the body. The the king's anointing to rule is now upon the ecclesia in his name. We were seated with him. Ephesians 2 6 says, seated with him. We're, We're seated. We were seated into his authority. We, the heirs, we, the ecclesia, were seated in his presence and into his power that is used in his name. This had never been done before. This is brand new, and this was indeed phenomenal. Never had happened. This is the first time, and indeed, it sparked a movement that turned the world upside down. Well, not long after Holy Spirit talking to me out by the lake about this, this season, this era when the king makes his stand, he gave me a prophetic word at a conference where I was speaking, but he added something that I wasn't expecting. Again, this was years ago. And this week, it was all coming back, being refreshed, and being whispered. It's in this moment. Oh, something phenomenal is taking place. The prophetic word, a fresh Pentecost will now be poured upon you. The anointing of heaven's king, seated at Father's right hand, is now flowing in fresh ways off his head to you, his body. It will indeed drip from his chin and drip down to the outermost parts of his garment. Soaking for ministry is now being poured forth. The same anointing upon the head of the church will now be upon his body to do the same works as he has done. Similar to what I just described. But then it shifted. Then this word shifted to this. But... BUT YOU ARE ALSO ENTERING THE SEASON OF ACTS CHAPTER 7 WHEREBY THE seated KING BECOMES THE STANDING KING. YOU ARE ENTERING INTO A TIME OF THE STANDING KING. STEPHEN PROCLAIMED THROUGH HIS PERSECUTION, I SEE HEAVEN OPENED. I SEE THE GLORY OF GOD EVERYWHERE. I SEE THE KING STANDING IN THAT GLORY. You are now entering times when heaven's king will now rise to stand with his bride. He will stand with his royal priesthood. He will stand as Messiah, the breaker. He will stand with his remnant people, breaking open pathways to victory. There shall be great deliverance for his people. He will stand with them, breaking down barrier walls of hell. He will stand to ensure their overcoming victory. He will stand with them in awesome power. And through difficult times, you too will proclaim, I see heaven opened. I see glory everywhere. I see the king coming to stand by me. Holy Spirit said, you will move into the season, the era of the standing king. That phrase captivated me. I went over it and over it and over it. You will move. You will move into the season of the standing king. And I remembered something that I heard Pastor Jack Hayford preach 25 years prior to that. I used to get his Sunday morning messages when we were first starting out. He was just such a great teacher. And I heard something or remember something he preached 25 years before that, that, that word. Had to be the Holy Spirit that reminded me of it. And again, Psalms 133 describes it. Jesus sat down on the throne, on his throne in heaven. And Father poured a horn, a ram's horn, filled with anointing oil upon him. His head, at least a half a gallon, so don't think this little dab thing. A whole lot of oil was poured upon his head. This oil ran down off of his head and off of his beard and ran down all over his body, soaking clear to the outermost parts of his body with the heaviest concentration of oil being found in his lap. That is what I heard Pastor Jack preach 25 years before, referring to a heavy concentration of oil in the king's lap as referencing reproduction. In other words, an anointing on the lap or womb or loins to multiply, to produce. To produce a new generation which we are going to do. We are are going to see. We're going to produce. The ecclesia is going to produce a new breed of Christian. A new generation of Christians that are going to be so bold. But now I was seeing something else along with that. It puddled in his lap for an obvious reason. I mean, that's naturally where it's going to flow to. If you're seated and we pour a half a gallon of oil over your head, a lot of that's running right into your lap. That's the picture of what happened To Jesus on the first New Testament Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Well, when the high priest stood up, there would be an extra heavy flow of puddled oil that was in his lap that would then flow down and splash upon his legs or his feet. That's why historians tell us after the high priest's anointing, the high priest's sandals would squish when he walked. It would flow down. It, it, it splashed upon the rest of his body. It, it drenched his feet. It drenched his legs. Please see the prophetic picture on the first New Testament Pentecost. Holy Spirit flows to the church with the same anointing of King Jesus it was was poured out and some of it did run down and drip down on the waiting body of Christ in the upper room but the heaviest concentration of anointing occurs at the end of the church age in another fullness of time, in what is called a latter reign, seven times greater. And I believe it's now. It occurs when there's not 120 forming the body of Christ on earth. There is now millions, perhaps 120 million, maybe more than that, probably is more than that. It occurs in the season of the standing king. It occurs when the king stands picturing a change in his posture. A change in the king's posture to move. That's that's why you stand. You stand to move. The posture of the king is changing a bit In this era, yes, he maintains his seat of power. Uh, Of course, he does. But he's going to move in great might now. The posture of the Holy Spirit is changing a bit, the posture of the ecclesia is changing in this era, the posture of the remnant is changing to move in power to move in great authority, to reign with Christ in greater glory, positioning itself to aggressively move Christ's kingdom forward as we rule and reign with him. This is the season when the king is going to stand and move through anointed ecclesia, ones he has been seating with him the last 15 or 20 years. They have been seated in region after region, state after state, nation after nation by the hundreds, being prepared to make a kingdom stand with Christ their king, being prepared to move with him in great power. In Acts chapter 7, Jesus stands, of course, to welcome Stephen into his presence. Stephen had just been stoned to death for his passionate witness for Christ. And it says Jesus stood to welcome him into heaven, into his manifest presence. Picturing what he's going to do for for his people in our times, he is standing to welcome us into his pres- presence in greater measure from glory to glory to glory. I've been to four places the last five years where the glory filled the room and never left for days. Something's happening. He's he standing to welcome us into his manifest presence. We, we are moving into heavier and heavier and heavier, that's what glory means, dokes a weight, heavier and heavier weights of his presence. Also, he is standing to anoint us to run with him, to run in fresh ministry with him, to run till he takes us home, to run the race that's before us, not crawl us, not crawl it, not walk it not make us have to drag you along. Run it! Run it! Run it! We're being prepared to run the anchor lap of church history. The last lap of a relay race is called the anchor lap. I used to run relay races in high school where I single-handedly helped the Mohawks win. (laughs) But I did run some relay races. You pass the baton, and you pass the baton. Well, the last lap of the relay race is called the anchor lap, and you save your fastest runner to run the last lap. There is a great cloud of witnesses... Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that is cheering us on as we are supposed to run the anchor lap of history. We're being anointed to run like never before with the gospel of the kingdom. And our king is standing to run before us as Messiah the breaker. Micah 2.13 tells us. Why? To ensure our breakthrough. And we are going to break through. He's rising to run before us, to break us through, to break us into new territories, to open gates for us. Hear the word of the Lord. Holy Spirit said we're now entering into a season in which we will shift From just Acts chapter 2 to Acts chapter 7, we're moving from the seated king in Acts chapter 2 to the standing king who runs before us. In these end time days, in this season, in this third great awakening, in this, this great era, the king stands up. The mighty one makes his stand. The king makes his stand to shake the heavens and to shake the earth one more time. He stands to deal with rebel kings. He stands up for his people. He stands up siding with his church in phenomenal, seeable ways. And when he does, anointing that's on him, anointing in his lap, begins to splash upon the body, which would be us. We're not getting drips, we're getting splashes, outpourings, gushing flows. When the king stands, it splashes all over us. We are living in the season when the heaviest concentration of the king's anointing reaches the body. For generations, oil has been accumulating in the lap of King Jesus outpouring after outpouring after outpouring after outpouring, century after century have been collecting in his lap. And all of those anointings have pooled together into what is called the standing king anointing. In other words, a portion of all those anointings have been collected and held in the lap of King Jesus for the season when he makes his stand. It's been collected for the anointing of the synergy of the ages into the greatest days of church history. Think about this. Let this picture sink in. A large portion of the outpouring of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. A large portion of that is still in the king's lap. Yes, the 120 got some of it. They didn't get near all of that. some of it is still in his lap. But, but also all other outpourings as well. Azusa Street, what an outpouring... It affected California. It goes over to Kansas and it, it, it begins to inspire the baptisms of the Holy Spirit again. What an outpouring was poured out at Azusa Street, but a part of that outpouring ran down and settled into the lap of King Jesus. The healing movements with T.L. Osborne, with Oral Roberts, Catherine Kuhlman, A.A. Allen, William Brannan, Oh, what an outpouring. Healing and miracles spread everywhere. But some of that outpouring ran down into the king's lap. The charismatic movement. Millions baptized in the Holy Spirit. What an outpouring. It was poured out, but a lot of it's in the king's lap. The evangelical, evangelical movements the great evangelistic crusades and revivals that brought millions to Christ, the Billy Graham crusades, Jonathan Edwards, Billy Sunday, Cane Ridge, all through Kentucky, Tennessee, and then spreads everywhere, even to other nations. What an outpouring. Some of the Cane Ridge anointing is in his lap. The Lutheran Reformation the Holiness Movement, the Lateran Movement, the Moravian Revival, the Methodist Revival with the Wesleys and the George Whitfields, the Anglican outpouring with John Newton, Wilberforce, and Chapman leading the way, the, the great Welsh Revival led by Evan Roberts throughout Scotland and Wales and, and England, The first great awakening in 1930s or in 1730s and 40s. Some of that. What an outpouring. What a great awakening. The first great awakening. Some of it's in his lap. The second great awakening in the mid-1800s with Charles Finney, Peter Cartwright, Lynn Beecher, Barton Stone, Dwight L. Moody, William Booth. Charles Spurgeon, Hudson Taylor, all collecting and intermingling in his lap for today, for the third great awakening, for the end time outpouring. Is there waiting for the king to make his stand and splash it all over us. It's there to drench us in it. I mean, think about it. An ecclesia, a church that is flowing in a portion of all other outpourings combined at the same time. Phenomenal. Never been done. Phenomenal. Little wonder God's word declares it will be a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing and the power of hell will not prevail against it. All of those moves in and of themselves change history. What will happen when they all happen at once? Hell's never experienced anything close to this. When the king stands, it splashes and we are immersed in the synergy of all previous outpourings. For generations, oil has been accumulating in the king's lap, one after the other. And now the seated king becomes the standing king who sides with us. Soaking us in a in, in, soaking in an anointing to minister on the earth like we never have before. Soaking his church, his ecclesia, in a fresh flow of anointing to represent him with great authority. Soaking us in all the moves that he has ever released on the planet at the same time. Soaking us in an anointing to produce to multiply soaking us with fresh anointing to do signs, wonders and miracles the same works as he did with the same anointing this isn't drip season. This is deluge season. It's drench season. Our legs are going to be soaked to run like never before. Our feet is being soaked to run with the gospel of the kingdom. Heavier glory, heavier splendor, heavier presence, heavier and weighty presence, heavier anointing upon the sons and the daughters. There's never been a move of God on earth like it. The synergy of the ages is behind this one. The the power of the ageless one is behind this one. Angel armies are now behind this one. Phenomenal doesn't do it justice. It's time. It's the proper time. It's time for the synergy of heaven and earth together under Holy Spirit's supervision into a blazing move of God. One that hell can't stop. One that sees millions saved, a billion soul harvest. One that marches with determination. One that runs with passion. One that stands in faith, without compromise, without this wishy-washy compromise. One that declares Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. One that's not confused. One that's not vacillating, one that's not hesitating, one that's not silent, one that's not ashamed, one that's not intimidated, one that's not passive, one that's not politically correct. It's biblically correct. One that's not reluctant. One that's not scared. One that's not double-minded. One that's not apprehensive. One that's on fire with God's presence. Our our faith needs to agree with what heaven is doing. Our faith needs to agree. Our prayers need to agree. Our heart needs to cry, Come, Holy Spirit, set us ablaze. Pour out your power from on high. Pour out the standing King, Anon. Pour out all the anointings. Pour out all the anointings and all the moves of history on us at the same time. Activate all the moves you've led through history, through us, and do it at the same time. We will run with you. We will run with you. And it's going to be phenomenal. Phenomenal victories. Phenomenal victories. Phenomenal harvest. Phenomenal power. Phenomenal authority. Phenomenal. Don't underestimate his ability to do phenomenal things. We're moving into an anointing we've dreamed about. Our heroes of faith dreamed about being in this season. But God has reserved it for us. And I believe, I believe this is going to be one of the ecclesias where he makes his stand. And it's going to be one of them where we make a stand with him. Amen. Stand, let me pray this. Lord, we can give information and we can teach as best we can, but unless you release the Word with your anointing, it doesn't accomplish anything. It's just words. I pray, God, that today, this isn't just words, that you would release this anointing, that you would release this season into your ecclesias. I pray it, Lord, in every state, in every nation. I pray the season that we've been contending for, fighting for, crying out for through the ages, finally unfold in the phenomena of heaven. Come, Jesus. Activate through the ecclesias and their regions the moves of the century healing movements and evangelical movements and outpourings. Pour those moves out and begin to run with the ecclesias in in all states, in all territories. We invite you, Phenom of Heaven, Holy Spirit. You have prepared us for this season. You have have led us to this era. And you have strategically planned for this moment. Run through your ecclesias, Lord. I pray this word soak into ecclesia hubs. And the spokes from those hubs that are going into territories and into nations and and releasing, activating kingdom principles, your word, your prophetic words, your principles, your life. And that from those hubs and flowing through those spokes would come a harvest like no other harvest come make your stand pray that you would come into this nation Holy Spirit you said he would come you're preparing it he will come he'll run through the ecclesias and nations will be changed we declare this nation will change it's phenomenal what is about to happen king and his power. May the king of glory be seen in the splendor of his mightiness. Splendor of his strength. The authority of his preeminence in every sphere. Every sphere. His authority in it all, His authority in the governments of the earth, and it's supreme. Come, show your mightiness. Show your mightiness. Reveal it to the senses of man, reveal it to the minds of man. So clear, they must say, while we don't understand it, it has happened. May we understand that we can't understand all you do. You're too great. But it has happened and we've observed it. We will observe the miraculous strength of our King. We will observe the power and the might of His kingdom. We'll see it. We'll observe it. We'll testify. It will happen. It'll happen here. It'll happen through us. Let this revelation, Lord, ignite in the earth realm. And we invite the King of kings, the Lord of lords.